Welcome to Reactive. I'm Khalil, and I'm here with Raquel. Hi. And Henning. Hello. Hello. So, how are we doing today? Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year, yes. I think I think we like like I keep trying to like remind myself it's still the first week of the new year. Like it's true. We, we recorded it a week ago, and it was still 2015, and now it's 2016, and stuff. It hasn't even registered yet. I don't know. Um, no. it just feels it like it feels like the uh, last year. It just yeah. feels the same. Yep. Yeah. No. The the it's really weird. funny test is when you have to write a letter or like I, I have a notebook. I, ha- I actually haven't kept a notebook in a couple of months now, but but I used to keep a notebook and always put the date in like, you know, the top right-hand corner or whatever. And last year, in 2015, it was April before <laughs> I like my brain finally was like would automatically put the five instead of the four <laughs> for 2014. Yeah. The good news is that at least six looks similar enough to five that you can just like kind of fix it really easily but four to five you had to completely erase the whole thing (laughs) yeah now it's weird because normally i have that problem too but i just realized i was paying bills for about an hour catching up on the last month and i never miss miss uh misspelled it at least i don't think i did so it's strange (laughs) usually that always happens for the first few weeks or months like you said yeah. Well, right after New Year's Eve, I think it's still fresher, maybe. Uh, but then, but yeah. then you forget. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Wait till February. Yeah. February will come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you know, New Year's resolutions. Anybody have have any? No. Themselves? Surviving the next few months. That's all. <laughs> Sleep whenever I can. And, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's not working so far, but it'll we're trying to get on a on a on a what do you call it? A routine. And mm. um I think when you know, kids are back in school next week, so things should uh straighten out, I hope. But uh, it's been kind of rough. Anybody that has kids yeah. knows what I'm talking about. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yep. How about you, Khalil? Oh no, 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 no. Um I mean I just uh I by ch- just by chance I just started basically uh, but did I start this uh before New Year's Eve already I don't know but um I I don't eat a, I I I'm not cutting out sugar 100% but white sugar as far as as, as far as I can um and it's uh, but not because of a health resolu or a, a, a New Year's resolution but just because uh, for health reasons, like it, mm. it, I just don't agree very well. Like my skin and everything, and I, I've been eating. When I eat sugar, I eat way too much of it, and it's really like it's like a slippery slope. Like it's like a, mm-hmm. an, like an addiction or something. What is it on on cereal or in, in, in coffee or something? Yeah, or? in coffee. Uh-huh. Like uh, then you know, like chocolate bars or like anything that has like or then you know something from the bakery that has like. Yeah. sugar stuff on it and stuff <laughs> it just gets like during the day I, it, 
I just feel like, oh, I want to eat this, I want to eat this, I want to eat this, oh, this. And then somebody brings something at work, you know, like a box of stuff, and then you everybody stuffs their mouths. Well, before the it. holidays, that's really next to impossible <clears throat> anyway, because everybody's bringing cookies and stuff. And yeah, and, and it's it just Christmas thing. I really don't like my body doesn't agree <laughs> with that very well, yeah. so I really had to make a. And it's so far it actually feels really good. So that's what's happening. Excellent. So. Good. Awesome. Yahoo. Yep. Yeah. Yay. And yourself, Raquel? Um, no? Yeah. I, yes. I, I'm going to resolve to write some ES6 sometime this year. Boom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, no, my, my, my New Year's resolution, I didn't really make one. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's so easy for people to make like these resolutions and have this like really great plan to do something. And then, and then they, you know, it just kind of falls off or whatever. But yeah, I think if I write some ES6 sometime in 2016, that will be a, you know, super duper awesome fun times. Cool. But other than that, just trying to not be stressed out. Yeah. Which is going to be fine in production or just whatever. Um, well, you, I don't you know. Like, gotten I, that specific. I haven't gotten that specific, mostly because uh, I've been so stressed out that I've stopped coding for fun. So at this point, if I'm going to do it, I either need to start coding for fun again, uh, which is possible, uh, or write something and put it in production for NPM, because that's the only other way I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a strategy um, how to go about not being stressed? Um, more vacations, lots more vacations. Mm-hmm. Starting on a doing a two week vacation starting Saturday, so that'll be really fun. I'm still going to try to do this podcast though, um, and awesome. uh, yeah, so just lots of vacations. I think I might start. Uh, I might download a couple of uh, like that Headspace app. Yes. Uh, just try to do a little bit of meditation, something. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I need to, there's, there's like that, that little leap of faith that I think people need to do to try something outside of their comfort zone. And so I also need to do that and just be like, okay, I've been doing more yoga. Like I've been doing a daily yoga practice and that's been really nice oh, and that's nice. helped a ton. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things like at the end of the yoga practice, it's like, this is your opportunity to kind of meditate a little bit. And I'm like, yes, let's do this. And then within like 30 seconds, inevitably something will happen. Like there will be raindrops outside or like the dog will sniff. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it completely takes me out of everything. And I'm like, oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, then you, you really must you must get the headspace because it's actually – T- teaches you how to make that part of your meditation. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally. So, you know, it, it's all about practice and and uh, we'll see. We will see. Right. Yeah. I also, but, basically, I think I have, I did, didn't consciously make that uh, New Year's resolution, but, uh, but the not getting stressed thing is also something that just, uh, like came into like my mind like the first days at work now like I started working on Monday and like that definitely also uh, is something that I am going to try to do and um, and one of the things that I'm trying to do is exactly that to um, 
you know, use the hex, Headspace app. Like, to, I, I'm gonna try to 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 get a long streak. Maybe the like like doing the whole year, like every day, once once a day. That would be really mm -hmm. cool because that mm -hmm. that really does help, if, especially if you do it in the morning at the beginning of the day, and then it just uh, it just jump starts your day in in a really good way. So yeah, that, yeah, that would that. be awesome. I mean, I think even even just taking some of the lessons from meditation itself, especially breathing, helps a mm -hmm. lot. And um, yeah. yes. I can see that, you know, unconsciously I've been doing that because, I mean, this is, I don't know, if, I think this is scientifically proven, but when uh, when the baby cries, I get like extremely stressed out. And I think it's a, it's a natural reaction that parents um you know somehow the stress hormone gets released when their infant cries and not in a just you know cute little way but like screams as if something's wrong because it's supposed to um, get the parent up and you know checking on the kid so it's okay um, but yeah I, i've found myself getting extremely agitated and um just if you you know do your breathing exercises it brings me down nicely so definitely can recommend meditation and, and breathing techniques in general mm -hmm. for stress reduction. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. All those things. Cool. Help. <clears throat> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so cool. I you said done, you, sorry, oh, go ahead. Oh. No, I was going to change the subject, but if you yeah, wanted to too. keep on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All, in sync. All right. This is a technical podcast. Let's talk about tech. Um, Woohoo. What's going on? What's going on in tech this week? It's been a short I don't week. Know. You guys have to tell back. me, but I uh, I haven't done a lot of coding. Um, the last thing I did was um, that Rust project, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I've only been getting in about, I'd say, 50% at work. Um, just doesn't work any more than that. However, I, uh, I have decided not to um, do what I usually do with my, especially with my Apple hardware, which was usually if it either stops working entirely or doesn't work so well anymore, like the battery life uh, on phones and stuff like that. You know, when it gets to that point, you're usually like, yeah, you know, it's kind of time for a new one anyway. And you put that, you know, in the drawer and it never comes out again and you go and buy a new one. But uh, I came across this um, website actually listening to Hansel Minutes, the podcast, talking about... Um, refurbishing or you know i guess rejuvenating or just plain old fixing your um your hardware and this is not limited to to apple products at all but i was just quite surprised that you actually can um take things like an ipad apart without breaking it and um so the the website is uh, ifixit.com And essentially, all the guides in there are free. There, some of them, or quite a few of them, are generated by by the company themselves or itself. And they're they're super nice. They're like with pictures and some of them even videos that tell you step by step which screw to take out and which you know uh, connector to disconnect, etc. And uh, then there's a bunch of uh, user generated contact to content too for um, just about anything. Um, even cars and stuff like that. So what I decided to do, though, is because uh, my wife's phone is an iPhone 4, I think. Yeah. And uh, its battery life is, is no good. And I mean, that thing is about five years old now. So I, um, I just 
you know, purchased a $9 replacement battery, I think it's nine bucks, and got the tools to, to do all this stuff, it was actually really easy to just replace the battery and it works fine again. Um, nice. Aw- awesome battery life. Yeah. So, um, and she said too, you know, let's, let's not spend, you know, whatever it is, uh, eight, $900 more actually here in Europe, even more on a new iPhone. So we just did that. And, uh, I also have an issue with an iPad <clears throat> where the, the headphone jack doesn't work really well. So that one, I guess is, is quite tricky. I've just sort of skimmed the, uh, the instructions for that you have to um, use this this heat pack that you put in the microwave and you heat the thing up and you put it at, in a certain place on the iPad to um, make the uh, adhesive soft and then you can pull it apart I guess so we'll see how that goes I'll let you know if I, if I have to find <laughs> it if it worked <laughs> but um, yeah it's just it's just really cool it uh so that that was a nice experience. This is the first time I've fiddled with you know hardware for a really really long time, and um, also in the in the project um, is the uh, replacement of a hard drive on an iMac. And what I found really cool there is is that um, I didn't realize this, but the glass in the iMac is actually it's just held in place by magnets. So there's around the the glass that's in the screen are 16 magnets or 14, whatever it is. And um, that's it. That's it. There's no adhesive, nothing. So you just put like some suction cups on the, on the glass in certain places and um, pull it off and then it's open. <laughs> and uh, wow. the funny thing is, is that, you know, I heard this guy actually, you know, um, uh, the podcast was an interview with the founder of the company and, um, Scott Hanselman asked him, you know, it was like, how, you know, how do you do this? And they said, yeah, when the iPad came out, you know, they broke like a ton of them because they had no idea how they were put together. But it's kind of neat that, you know, this is now out, out in, the, in the public and you have these instructions on how to fix those things. Because I would have never even considered that. I mean, maybe taking them to an Apple store, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing it yourself is even cooler. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, well, totally. totally. Awesome. Yeah, totally second that. Yeah, yeah. that's really do you, awesome. Do you guys, do you do that too, or or have you decided or tried anything like that, or when is it? Are you sort of in the category that yeah, it's time for a new one anyway, so just put it on the shelf. Um, uh, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so I I used to. Um, uh, there was one time where I took my iPhone three G S or something. Uh, and it went for a swim, uh, <laughs> in a, in a lake and, uh, and well, no, no, sorry. There was my, my original like iPhone 3G, that's what, and I dropped it and broke the, the, the case and, uh, or I broke the, the screen and I totally did the same thing. Like I fix it and I fixed the screen and that was fantastic. And then, uh, then like a couple of. Uh, years later, like there, like then I, I w- went for a swim and I took it apart and tried to see if I could fix um, like the the microphone broke and the speaker broke and everything. And that one, it, it went underwater. There was no fixing it. But it, I at least like you know took it apart and and all of those good things. Um, but at least now, especially in the U.S., uh, a lot of phone carriers have systems in place where 
after a year or two, like you basically lease the the phone now instead of buying it outright, and uh, you can you can upgrade your phone and you can get money back from like you can use the phone that you had the cost of the phone that you had towards the cost of the new phone. So like at least at any point in time, nobody's spending. Well, not nobody, but you don't have to spend eight hundred dollars for a brand new phone. You can you can just pay like I think for me I've paid like two hundred dollars for my phones, but then at the same time I have to give it back at the end. So like when I upgraded from my iPhone five S to my iPhone six S, it was really really simple to just be like, okay, you know, here's my iPhone five S. Like they send me the 6s and then give me a a box to send the the 5s back, and then so that way I never have to pay more than you know two hundred dollars at once and then thirty dollars a month or whatever it is. Um, so now it doesn't make any sense. And so they, do just, they put the uh, the the old phones? Do they refurbish them and put them in circulation, or what happens to them? Do you know? I think so. I think that's exactly what they do um, because they can make a ton of money, right? Like, like if you think about how much money you spend per month on your phone, like if you own your phone for a year and then it they charge you $30, that's $3,600, right? Um, or let me think. Yeah, yeah. So it's, that's $3,600 for the phone, not 3,600, 360. Goodness. I'm really good at math, I promise. Um, <laughs> so, 360, my, like, so then if the phone itself is like 800 or whatever, and they, they get, you know, 360 from you, uh, it doesn't actually cost them 300 or $800. It costs them like, I don't know, 400 or 500. So, they immediately get the cost of the phone back just from you renting it. But then they take it back and like their argument is, well, now you don't have to worry about getting rid of it. Um, you don't have to worry about anything being outdated. But then they can go back and refurbish it and and put it back out there. And instead of $30 a month, they get $20 a month or whatever. Right. And then now at that point, it's just pure profit for them. Like, all right, whatever. And then same thing. They can take it back and refurbish it again and then again. And they, I think there's also some groups that send them off to like other countries where they don't care that it's two generations old. The fact that it's an iPhone at all is like super awesome. So they're willing to pay what for them is a premium, even if for us it's like super old technology, we don't care about it. And the phone company the whole time, they're holding their money bags with like, hee hee hee, all the monies, yay! Yeah. No, that's that's great. Is that a newer newer development that the carriers do that now, or is that? Um, it's it's been within the last. Yeah, it's 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 within the last two or three years. Ah, okay. Um, and to the point where even Apple now, if you buy your phone at at the the uh, Apple Store, you can instead of buying it outright, you can just put in the like two hundred dollar, you know initial payment or whatever and then you pay apple thirty dollars a month or whatever uh to lease the phone and then as soon as you're done with it uh like and then if you want to upgrade a year later to the brand newest greatest whatever phone then you can trade it in and same deal so and if it's i mean obviously if it's in horrible 
crappy condition, then you still have to pay for the phone or if you lose it or whatever, they have to pay for the full cost of the phone. But if it's just, if it's in perfect condition because you kept it in a case and you never dropped it, and, you know, a lot of people can do that in a year these days, you know, whatever, um, then, (laughs) yeah, as far as Apple's concerned, (laughs) perfect. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) No, that, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. What about you, Khalil? Do you do you yeah. hardware hack? Uh, <laughs> not not really extensively, but um, we uh, we just use uh, iFixit when um, when we want to fix something. And uh, like it started with a few years ago, my my w- wife spilled wife over her, her um, MacBook Pro, and mm-hmm. uh, spilled wine over her MacBook Pro, and then um, she uh, she. Uh, she went to like a bunch of store. Went to the Apple store. They said, "Well, you know, we can't do anything. Like this needs to be like fixing it would be co- would cost like two thousand or whatever. Like, like just an horrendous, like <clears throat> outrageous sum of money." And then she went to um, another place where they uh, they're a non Apple place where they fix computers or uh, Apple computers, and they said the same said the same thing. And uh, it was just uh, at that that point she just said, "Okay, I'm just going to take it apart and try to clean it and see if it will work." And then she went to iFixit, looked at all, at all the tutorials, and and bought the tools, and then and then cl- cleaned the computer, and uh, it's still working. And it's like two years ago or something like that. Nice, wow. <laughs> yeah, she just cleaned it out. I mean, she had to get, I think, maybe a new was it a new hard drive. Maybe one thing. No, I think she just cleaned it. She just cleaned it, opened it, cleaned it, and it was fine. <laughs> and then uh, from then on, we're just like, oh, f- great. Like, we can, like, this makes, like, so much sense. We're just going to go to iFixit whenever we have a problem and then fix it ourselves because the stuff, like, those those companies are really asking too much money and they don't really oh, yeah. look into the problem sometimes, especially when it is, like, something spilled on it, right? And... Mm-hmm. Um, so so we did that and then I also I exchanged my uh hard drive on an older uh, MacBook Pro that I had so I upgraded made it an SSD hard drive so that it's fast and it's like a 2009 MacBook Pro which you can totally use now because it's not so slow anymore mm-hmm. and uh also exchanged a battery on an iPhone 5 because I had the same problem like your wife Henny Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still using it now, so so that really works, and it's much much cheaper, yeah, <laughs> than than getting it fixed somewhere. And it's really it's not that difficult because those things are really built, really, uh, just built really well. And there's, you know, sometimes it, the the more modern the Apple product is, the more the more difficult it is to get in there, and you have to deal with like glues and yeah, all there's kinds lots of stuff of glue. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh it's it's so far so far it's still possible yeah <laughs> it's great nice all right nice yeah shout out to i fix it it's awesome awesome yeah raquel you said um you were you were writing something about twitter uh yeah changing soon so what is well, that yeah. So, so there's there's a rumor going around that that Twitter might change the 140 character limit. Um, no. And uh, yeah, right. It'll I mean, turn so, into Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. I, I was just watching the conversations yesterday. I didn't participate. I just sat and watched. And I think it's really fascinating how much of a, like, people are, have opinions. They always, I mean, people have always had opinions, right? Like uh, the, the favorite or the like to the favorite or no, from favorite stars to like hearts. And now this whole notion of more than 140 characters. Oh, my goodness. Um, and... Uh, the CEO, Jack, wrote like a, a thing about it and was saying that um, they're finding that users are limited by the 140 characters in the sense of like people are are pasting pictures of longer worded content so that people can read more content in their tiny 140 character space. Um, and it's like, well, why bother doing that? Because I mean, that's not accessible. It's not, uh, it's, it's harder to like it. You have to be able to see images and all that. So why not just extend it to like 10,000 characters? I don't know that that's, I don't know that they're actually going to do it, but it sounds like they're, they're genuinely considering it. And from what I can tell, like there, there are a couple of different camps, right? Like there's the no, 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 you can't change it. The beauty of Twitter is the, the tininess of it. Uh, and other people are like, well, but people aren't have already like abused it in a way that it's like, wouldn't it be great to see the end of tweet storms? And it's like, well, no, people really like tweet storms because then they can say little things a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and then you can selectively choose what to retweet and what not to retweet. And um, so I just think it's fascinating. I, I, I find it really entertaining seeing how people uh, thinking about the product side of things and uh, the different types of users and how they react to stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what do you two think? Yeah, that's my gut reaction, though, is that it's um, it takes away from, or it would make just consuming it harder because you can't, or maybe you can no longer, you know, read through things really fast and get a sense of this is important, this is not. If somebody starts writing, you know, a blog post on Twitter, and right. what's the point of that? Um, but I don't know. I haven't thought about it too much. But that's the sort of my initial reaction. That is, it's um, it become a lot harder to uh, to parse it or to consume it because I mean I've seen a lot of well not a lot I've seen some of those posts where there's um, you know or tweets that have an image with text and mm-hmm. uh, but that's not like you know the majority maybe people will start doing that more and maybe they'll start making apps or something they'll you know do that stuff for you easily but um those are you know still you can see in in whatever was written uh what it's about maybe uh right. and decide if you want to continue to read or not and maybe that would be the same if you had 10,000 characters there'd be like a subject line or something i don't know but yeah uh, i think i think i think there would be like a read more yeah so then you would have to like that would um, make sense yeah, one person's still argument have 140 was 140 characters and if you're if you're curious you can read more and right. it'll expand. Yeah. yeah. That would make sense. Exactly. I mean, I think uh, one person's argument was that in reality this is just Twitter's way of saying, "Okay, we get it. You're using our platform to say more stuff, but in order to see more stuff, you have to go outside of our platform to read it. Like for the links, for the images, you have to link elsewhere. Uh, there used to be there used to be a, a a thing a few years ago. It was like a tweet more or something like that, where it would just cut off like the first one hundred and 
25 characters. Like it would show you the first 125 characters and then it would do a dot, 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 and then give you a URL to read the rest of it. And you would have to leave Twitter entirely to read the rest of the tweet. Um, and so in this instance, if Twitter were to take hold of that, then they could force you to stay within their own ecosystem and you wouldn't have to like, you know, leave and use somebody else's product. Um, which I think is interesting, but anyway, so yeah. what about you, Khalil? I think it's, what do you think? Uh, I think it's interesting. I think, uh, I think it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> uh, <And soon. laughs> yeah, no, I, I read an article about it and I thought, um, I mean, from what I've heard, um, I think Twitter needs to try different stuff because they're not seeing enough growth and they're not seeing enough, I don't know what, sales, like ad sales or whatever. And they need to be, they need to, they're, they're trying to be more understandable to more people. Like, you know, what, what does Twitter do when you, like many people just still don't understand what Twitter is and why it is useful. And, um, Yeah, and the, uh, many people just want to write more than 140 characters. And I think it was um, a good thing in the beginning. But it might be interesting to introduce more um, just because because I think that, that uh, Twitter inherently still has this culture of just like tweets, you know, little messages. But sometimes people want to say a little bit more, want to go in a tweet storm or something like that. <laughs> and mm -hmm. in that case, it makes sense maybe to have a tweet that is longer. Maybe there is this space that, you know, like in between a blog post and a tweet where um, this is going to be useful. I don't know. I'm definitely curious and I'm um, looking forward to uh, seeing, it, seeing it and see what happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. That'd be great. Oh, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think, I think we'll just see what happens. I mean, totally. let's not forget how Facebook has made massive changes that made people so angry, and then you know, two years later, people are like, "Wow, I don't know how I would have ever survived without this feature." And yeah. like, okay, <laughs> no, things like all this, this stuff changes, and over the over time, people, uh, those companies need to try different stuff, and I think that's what they're doing now. Like, they're mm -hmm. really, I think they they want to move fast to fight all those developers, and um, hopefully more you know, hiring new, new ones or something and, uh, and try some, some new stuff. I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, Facebook is constantly reinventing itself and, and, and people like you, you can't be romantic with anything that is on the web really, I think, because that's the, na that's the <laughs> yeah. nature of it. It's constantly changing, you know? So I think you're doing yourself, um, a disservice, If you look at it romantically and say, oh, this, you know, the pure tweet without pictures and just text and just 140, that was the only real, you know, tweet that is, and without it, I'm going to, no, it's going to change and maybe, maybe in a year. And if they don't, you know, Twitter might be, um, uh, might die at some point because people lose interest because they don't evolve. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And anyway, 
Anyway, other things I heard on Twitter yesterday, I was a little shocked, but kind of glad to hear. Um, there will be no JSConf or CSSConf EU in 2016. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Who Ooh. tweeted yeah, that? Yeah, they. Uh, that was uh, Carolina Sujur. Okay. Um, okay. She tweeted it out. It, it's it's official. It's like on the 2015.jsconf.eu. Okay. Um, and they were like, "We're we're taking a break." <laughs> and and I can't I can't fault them. They've been doing it for seven years, and they were like, "There's no way we can top this past year." So they're just they're like, "Let's take a break." Um, mm-hmm. But there are going to be there's JSConf Beirut, there's JSConf Iceland, there's JSConf. Um, I'm trying to think of there's like there's like seven million other JS comps that I think it's just going to be amazing to I think it's I think 2016 is going to be the year of the the community like the like coming back to the tiny small town conference um, and uh, let's see Budapest Uruguay Belgium and then JS Conf Asia. Um, at Budapest, yeah, I think I said that already. Um, so it's going to be really cool. I, I think uh, you know, huge props to to the organizers of JS Confu who have done some really amazing things. I mean, you know, they brought Khalil on to to do some amazing <laughs> opener, right? Like, I mean, that, that, honestly, that's exactly what happened, right? You did such an amazing opener. And that they were like, we just can't top this. We can't. (laughs) So forget it. That's what they said. You know what? They were just, they were just like, you know what? Taking a break. Time to take a break. And we'll come back in 2017. And start over. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because then, because then they can, you know, start with like, I don't know, little rubber ducks or something floating in a pond. And everyone be like, wow, this is so cool and new. Um, If they steal that idea, mm-hmm. I want credit. But that's, that okay. sounds anyway. cool that they're doing a, a lot more little ones now. I mean, Belgium, that's actually pretty close to me. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Be just yeah, closer exactly. than Berlin. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of the so, Belgian the Belgium one. That's interesting. I mean, there's a JSConf Iceland. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Uruguay. Yeah. Crazy. Cool. <laughs> I'm hoping to go to Singapore. Maybe I can go to Singapore this year. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. That's JSConf Asia. Wow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Asia. anyway. Cool. So, yeah. And speaking of conferences, I'm keynoting JS, or, uh, Scotland JS. Yes. That's where I'll be. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. When is that so taking place? Uh, that's the first weekend in June. It's like June. third and fourth. Or second and third, or something like that. Yeah. So Scotland. Everyone should just come nice. to Scotland. Apparently, it's still cold and rainy. Still know. rainy. <laughs> I guess it's always rainy. <laughs> I mean, it's Scotland, so <laughs> once. it's beautiful, but I don't see much because of the fog and the rain. I actually yeah. submitted a a talk to Scotland JS as well. We'll see. Oh, good. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to all the listeners. Anybody who wants to to submit a, a CFP, if you want help with it, um, I'm happy to help with proposals. Absolutely happy to help. Um, so cool. come join our Slack channel and ping me 
DM me be like, Hey, I want to submit to a CFP to Scotland JS. Can you help me be like, yep, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, we'll talk about it and we'll talk it through. Um, and, you know, happy to help. So, uh, definitely, even if you don't think that you have anything worth talking about, just, but you want to be on stage or you just want to go to Scotland, the, the best way to do that is to submit a, a, a CFP, a, a, a call for proposals and submit a proposal, uh, for a talking, uh, a talk and, and, you know, stuff. So, Holler, holler, That's really holler. awesome, yeah. yeah. You helped me with mine for uh, uh, Jason API, so thank you for that. Yeah. So it worked. You're welcome. <laughs> Yay! I can recommend it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very nice, but I'm also, you know, I, I, I give good, hopefully, Henning, I, I give good feedback that's not, oh, uh, it's yeah. not mean, but it is useful. It, yep. I mean, I, I try to do constructive criticism. So, totally. yep. uh, Do cool. you have any uh, tips right off the bat, like some general stuff? Uh, for, for submitting proposals, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, be specific about what you want to talk about, but make sure that, that, the thing that you're going to talk about is something that is specifically useful to the audience. So if it's, uh, if it's a, if it's a, a JavaScript conference, um, be careful about submitting a talk about Python. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but you need to be, you need to make sure that it, it's something specific to the JavaScript community. Um, also though, but you need to be very specific about your proposal. I can't tell you how many proposals I've seen that are like, I want to talk about Ember. And then that's the, that's the entirety of the proposal. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I love that you want to talk about Ember, but what about Ember? <laughs> like there are so <laughs> many things that you could say about Ember. Like, let's talk about its mascot. It's super cute. Not, not useful to the conference, but you know, what about Ember do you want to talk about? Um, try to be specific and, um, don't, don't write like the next great Russian novel. Um, you don't need 10,000 words for your proposal, but you also do need more than 10 words. So, uh, for me, a happy medium is somewhere between like 200, like 250 words is about as high as you want to go. Um, and uh, you know, leave, you basically want the reader who's going to, it's going to first, the first person to read your proposal is going to be the conference organizer. The, if you get chosen, the next person to read your proposal is going to be the conference attendee. Um, uh, because a lot of conferences use the proposals as the, Hey, this is, this is the talk that's going to be up there. Like they put that in their, in their, uh, brochure, like on the website and stuff. So, um, make sure that it's exciting, whether it's the conference organizer or the conference attendee. It's, I've seen some people kind of focus just on the organizer and be like, I'm going to make your conference fantastic. Let me tell you how great I am. And it's like, as an attendee, I'm going to see that. I'm just going to be like, okay, but what, what, how is this going to help me in my like everyday career, like I'm spending company time to be at this conference. What am I going to get out of your talk? Um, anyway, so I have, I actually have a blog post about, uh, how to submit a good conference proposal. Um, and I'll link that to, link to it in the show notes. Cause I used to review conference, uh, review proposals for JSConf US, um, and robots conf. 
So um, I'll link to that. But in general, be specific. Make it obvious that you really want to be there um, and come up with a cool idea. But it doesn't have to be like earth-shatteringly cool. It just needs to be cool in a way that it's cool to you and to a couple other people. Um, I've seen so many like, uh, this is my journey for how to become a, a, a new speaker, like how to become a programmer. And, and some of those are really fantastic. I mean, everybody, everybody who programs learned at some point how to be a programmer. Um, so you could think, well, you know, everybody already knows JavaScript. So what am I going to say that's new and interesting? But it's about your perspective and how you did it specifically. Um, yeah. Cool. I could talk about this forever, but yeah. we don't have that much time. <laughs> well, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have forever on no. this podcast. Yeah. But great. Great. So, great tips. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll put that link up. Yeah. Um, Khalil, have you been playing with any any code? Uh, I've been playing yeah. with code a little bit. Uh, got my... so. Uh, Cycle.js, which is this little framework that is based on RxJS and is like just like everything is reactive programming and you do everything like UI programming in reactive terms. Basically, everything is stream, 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 stream. And uh, <clears throat> we've been talking about this a little bit already on this podcast. And uh, so I wrote this this driver for local storage so that you can use local storage with this uh, cycle js framework and um like in the way that ho how it's supposed to be used and um that now uh so basically the author of cycle js asked me if i can if i can uh, submit a pull request to the cycle js to do mvc example that is also in the cycle js uh, github uh, organization And so I did that last year, <clears throat> and uh, it was a little bit tricky and also like mucked something up in there. And uh, so I had to redo that and fix my bug. And and I think on the 1st of January or something, then he finally merged it in. So that was a big success for me to get, to get that in. And I think I'm also going to do... I'm just going to dive in some more. Um, I went into the, like, I, I think I, I, I visit the, the uh, Gitter, Git, Gitter chat for Cycle.js like once a day and see what's going on. And um, there was, so one guy did a, a boilerplate um, thingy for Cycle.js. So you can just uh, check it out and, uh, you know, clone it and just start. And you have a working Cycle.js application with routing and um, and all kinds of stuff and hot hot reloading and all this stuff that is now you know that you must have uh, when you develop JavaScript. And um, he did it with Webpack, and he asked if somebody could do it with uh, Browserify. Just do the same boilerplate, but use Browserify instead of Webpack. Webpack to do everything. And there was this other person that did a hot reloading thing already, like also sort of a boilerplate or an example on how that works with Cycle. So, I'm, so I kind of said I'm, I want to try that to do that boilerplate thing with, uh, 
with browserify and 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 use that hot reloading method that this other guy did and so there's uh some cycle stuff i also want to go through that there were some stuff there was some stuff in this to do mvc example from cycle that i didn't understand yet <clears throat> that i don't understand yet and i kind of want to go through that code again and maybe figure it out for myself and comment it and maybe because it's also completely not commented there are no comments in the code and uh, i think maybe it would be cool to just have to just add to to create a pull request where all of the stuff is commented and explained how this stuff works so i might be doing some of that as well so i'm like on the train that's kind of my on the train coding and stuff like that so Yeah, looking forward to to doing some of that. Nice, cool. Yeah, um. yeah and I also um, so I, I there is this. Um, I, I was wondering how you guys do it. This there's this thing um, like managing to dos basically, like like just everything that you have to everything that you have to do. Uh, for like I I bought this app called Things. A while ago, I think it was last year, beginning of last year or something. Um, and it is like just it's it's a Mac app for for to do management. It has an iPhone app and a syncing and all this stuff. And um, and I didn't really use it really well last year. And I took I took a little bit at the beginning of the year, this year, which is still the beginning of the year actually, but <laughs> like literally on the first day or something. Um, I took some time to kind of learn how this application is supposed to be used. There's a very simple, um, very nice kind of uh, getting started guide on the web for that. And um, and that was actually really cool. So it's kind of based on um, the um, getting things done methodology. Uh, do you know what that is? Anybody? No, I, don't. Um, I, I, I know I've heard it. But I can't say I'm practiced in it. Yeah, so there's some guy that wrote a book about, and it's called "Getting Things Done." And there's a certain way how to do things, and there's some some principles. I don't really know it very well, but I know some principles of it, and I know that they they kind of use that a little bit. So one of it is like you you have like an inbox for your for your to dos, and like whenever you think of anything, you uh, put something in it, you put it in you write it down right away to just to get it out of your head and then um you have that you know the stuff accumulating in your inbox and then you then you put it into different categories so for instance you um the ones that you want to do today you put in today the stuff that you want to do next or soon you put into the next category and then you have like scheduled ones that you want to do on a specific day or by a specific day and then there's stuff, stuff that you're not sure about and you would put it into someday And um, and and then you just every day you just uh, you, in the morning basically you go into your to do thing and you see uh, and you go into your today section and you or you look into your next section and pull stuff into the today section and and then you just do the stuff that you have in today and uh, and this kind of so so now I basically really understood and you know this app has all those different categories and you put it in there and this really helped me to. Um, to just get like I really enjoy the the to, to have one place to just put everything that I think of at any moment. So whenever I think of anything that I need to 
do at some point or do, that I want to do. It could be related to just, you know, chores or it could be something with code like an open source project or it could be something for work. So there's all this stuff in my head that comes in at different moments that I just want to, I, I, I want to be able to come back to that at some point. I don't, can't do it right now. And I just, and, and so I, I tried this out for a couple of days now and it really already, I can feel it like, there's like a burden that's lifted a little bit because the, I, I have the feeling I don't forget stuff anymore or not as much because most of it kind of la lands in there. And also you don't, you don't have the stress factor of, you know, always having to think of things that you thought of at some point or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, so that was really cool for me. I, I was wondering how, um, how you are dealing with it. Yeah, I, I totally agree yeah. with the, you know, you need something to write it down immediately, and um, obviously an app is good. Um, I always have my phone pretty close, so I actually use, I think I might have said this before, but I use uh, Google Inbox. Um, it's, uh, I used to always send myself, you know, I, I used to write, I just used the Gmail app uh, before, and I, for things like this, I, I tried various um, to-do apps before, like Wunderlist and things like that. Um, but that just never really worked because I always had to go to a different place and it was nicer just to have it in, in my inbox, but it, you know, it's kind of silly to write yourself an email, an email that then lands in your inbox and you pretend that everything you haven't read yet, you know, that's something you have to deal with. Um, but I think a lot of people did that and Google caught on to it. So what they did now is they, they developed a Google inbox and it has a specific separate thing for reminders or to-do items that you can basically categorize them as, you know, call this person or this number. You can put the number right in there and then you give it a time when you want it to basically reappear in your inbox. If you don't give it a time, it just stays there and it's at the top, you know, unread. And otherwise you can say, okay, bring this back tomorrow at two o'clock or something. And then it comes back And uh, essentially, it's like a new email or just an item in, in your inbox. And then you can actually make the phone call right from there, for example. Um, that's what I do with everything that I don't want to forget, just like you mentioned. Anything that pops into my head that I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, guaranteed to forget within five minutes, I just put it in there. And then I might have to come back later and, and you know, give it um you know, some time to whenever it's supposed to come back or maybe uh, elaborate on it. Um, that's what I do for, yeah, those kinds of things. Then, But for work, let's say planning out the next day to do items like that, I actually do that in Workflowy. Mm -hmm. And I have like one, one day a week. I just have a document where I have sort of tried to plan out every day, the day before what I want to do. And that works quite well. That's basically just uh, a fancy, you know, list. It's not, doesn't have that much functionality, but that's how I do it. Cool. Work so, out. so um, in the same way that uh, Henning uses email, I hate email. <laughs> we talked about this. Um, and I, I've used uh, Slack is pretty much my number one way of doing all communication these days. Um, But did you know that Slack has a remind feature? Oh yeah. And so what you can do is is in the Slack in, a, in the Slack channel you can do forward slash 
or yeah, forward slash remind. And then you can use just plain English, like remind me in uh, 20 minutes to, uh, you know, send Henning an email or something. Um, Cause I'm never gonna remember to send an email. Cause why would I do that? Um, anyway, <laughs> but uh, the beauty of it is uh, multiple fold. The first one is, it's great because then Slackbot sends you a notification uh, saying, hey, don't forget to do this thing. And at least for me, it'll come into my uh, desktop app, my mobile app. And if I'm not logged into either of them, it'll send me an email. So everything, like it, I will be notified. And then the next time I log into Slack, which is pretty much every you know 10 seconds, there's a little you know pop-up from Slackbot saying, like there's a little one unread message or seven unread messages because I have so many reminders now uh, of things to do. And then uh, Slackbot also gives you the option of saying, you know, remind me again in 15 minutes, remind me again in an hour, remind me again tomorrow, or mark this whole thing as completed. And which is great because then I can say, okay, you know what, I can't do this right now, remind me again in an hour or whatever. Um, And then on top of that, because I have currently nine different Slack channels. <laughs> um, I, like I have one, I have a Slack channel for work. I have a Slack channel between me and my husband. I have a Slack channel for my whole family. Um, I have the reactive Slack. I have whatever. So anything that's related to the podcast, I, I put the reminder in the reactive Slack channel. Anything that I have that needs to be a reminder specifically for work, I put it in the NPM Slack channel. If it's a thing for personal at home, I put the reminder in my personal, you know, and so the thing is that because you can set your notifications, you now have like a do not disturb mode uh, in Slack. I don't know if you've seen that, but you can say, you know, don't send me notifications between this hour and that hour or for the next hour or whatever. So you can mute the things that like work related stuff can be muted until the next day when I actually start working, personal stuff will get notified all the time. And so I have complete control over when I'm getting notified, uh, what it's related to and et cetera, et cetera. And I can do it all from my phone or I can do it on my desktop or whatever. Um, but definitely without this feature, I used to have to carry on a notebook and then have to remember to look at the notebook uh, and have to remember to actually write things down in the notebook so that when I look at the notebook, it's there. And, oh, wait, where's my notebook? You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> That's so, pretty cool. So would you say that Slack yeah. is one of your most used apps, period? Yeah. yeah, it really, really is. And yeah. it's it's kind of sad in the sense of, like, I have so much dependency on a single app. Um, but it is so well made and is and I use it so much. Um I I can't not <laughs> use it now. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, it has all of this information, but it's ephemeral, right? Because to-do lists are ephemeral, which is great. It's not permanent. Um, yeah. But I'm like, I've, I've been using the reminder feature for over a year and it's it's just quietly be getting better and better and better. Like it used to be that you had to say, remind me to do X thing uh, by certain date time now you can use just like like you had to use the formula in order for it to work um and and it didn't used to let you say market it as completed or whatever um and you can always at any point look at your whole list you can say like show me all my reminders um and uh and you can even do things to be like remind me every day at 4 p.m 
to like do 17 jumping jacks. I don't know why you would want to do that, but if you did, um, and then, and Slackbot will just every single day at 4 p.m. <laughs> hey, don't forget to do your 17 jumping jacks. Oh, that's um, cool. I didn't know it was so elaborate. That's, that's really yo, neat. So it's you can. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I use. That's very clever. Yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of hidden, isn't it? I mean, where do you find out about the remind feature? I had like uh, I think uh, Gregor, Gregor was the one. That yeah, he used it, it and someone he was like, "Hey, this remind feature is so great," and I was like, "What yeah. remind feature?" <laughs> yeah, so there's um, it's kind of like uh, so Slack has for so long, like when it first started, everyone was like, "Well, why would I use Slack? I have IRC," um, and so to kind of convince people to move away from IRC and move towards Slack, they have a bunch of forward slash commands. So you know how you can do like slash me does the blah, 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 blah. And then it like, you know, that's like your act, like you're doing an activity or something like that. You can do that in Slack too. All you need to do actually to find all the menu items is you do forward slash and then it'll give you a whole menu of options of things Mm -hmm. that you can do. Yeah. Um, And so, like, you can mark yourself as a way, you can archive the channel, you can search a directory, you can do uh, don't disturb me, collapse everything, send an invite uh, to another channel, Um, you know, you can message specific, you can DM certain people, whatever. There's so many things that you can do. Um, You can do a forward slash uh, shrug. And it'll do the little shruggy emoticon at the end of your of your message. <laughs> so there's all sorts of things that you can do. Um, uh, I am not paid by Slack to say all these things. I just really, really love their app. <laughs> yeah, I think for the new stuff, whatever comes out, like at least in the desktop app, in the upper mm-hmm. right corner, there's always a, this badge, red badge, saying, "Hey, you know, mm-hmm. here's the stuff we've been working on," and you can sort of drill into that and, and read about it. Right, right. But I, I had no yeah. idea that it was that elaborate. I, I thought it was just, you know, the thing that I that Gregor mentioned is forward slash remind me and then it would just come back at a certain time or whatever. But if you can do yeah. all, I mean, that sounds exactly what or like uh, what Google Inbox does basically. Is yeah. You, can, you know, give, give a, sort of a timer or a, yeah, have things come back at specific times. Right. And you can do, you know, the perpetual stuff every, like you said, every day at four o'clock or whatever yeah yeah very cool exactly yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice <laughs> i might very be a little interesting obsessed, <laughs> 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 oh goodness and i think that's all of our time <laughs> it is yeah so uh shout out to one Lo- one lopez who joined today i think and in yes. the slack chat chat <clears throat> chat 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 and is that it and whitney uh whitney oh, whitney, whitney joined yes. as well yes that's yes. correct so shout out to whitney for joining yay all right yay. and we have uh <laughs> we have a new review okay and it's from the u.s uh w wellitz Velitz. um five stars relaxed web dev uh, this podcast feels like you're hanging out in a cool coffee shop or in someone's living room, chatting up all about things JavaScript and web dev. The conversational tone makes it easy to follow, even if you're not familiar with a particular topic. And the hosts do, great, do a great job of being honest about not knowing everything. The result is an inclusive, 
we're all in we're all still figuring this out sort of atmosphere that has a broad appeal from brand new coders to the more advanced smiley face wow very nice awesome yay <laughs> i was already bracing myself for another two star <laughs> <laughs> no actually actually i see that um J. Joe Douglas actually revised that to a three star and he reworded it slightly. So, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But All the right. gist is still that we should put JavaScript in the description. I think we agreed on that and it's still excellent yeah. feedback. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. Uh, we have to figure that out. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked about things other than JavaScript too. Y well, yes. So. Today, mostly, yeah. Well, but yeah. we always talk about JavaScript, though. Yes, that's and there's, true. And there's always like section, not always, but there's often like longer sections about JavaScript. Yeah. So maybe we just uh, like what is let's let's see what do we have what what do we have on there right now? It has uh, a podcast in which we merge, filter, scan, and map streams of thoughts and talk about software engineering, culture, and technology. So. Maybe we just add with a focus on JavaScript or something. <laughs> we just say we just put JavaScript in there somewhere. Like, <laughs> or we can like, do we can do a little like like we heart emoticon JavaScript. There you go. But, there you go. You know, but like oh no, we heart JavaScript and other things too. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think that pretty accurately describes us. Like yep. yeah, we idea. do a lot of JavaScript, but Everything else is cool too. I have yeah. nothing against any other language. Um, yeah. Oh shoot, we don't have time. But yeah. Next week, let's talk about um, what was it called? Uh, Rust. Uh, shoot. No, no, no. Uh, I saw a thing yesterday, and I was like, "What the heck is this?" And everyone just like, "Ah." Uh, um, and you don't anyway, to, I'll figure you didn't it out. Put it in your well, Slack. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. Well, okay, it's in Slack. I just don't remember. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see if I can. I want to know now. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, leave a no, like that this. I have to. Uh, wait. Hypercard. Hyper you ever heard of Hypercard? I had never heard of Hypercard Isn't until that an yesterday. Old thing? That it's super so old, but it's making a comeback. Um, okay. Anyway, didn't we'll we have that on descriptive? Week. Yeah, running? Ashley was talking about that, I believe. Oh, is it Ashley? Okay. That could explain Ashley. a whole bunch of things because Ashley and I work together. <laughs> but anyway. Ah, so maybe that's why. We'll okay. talk about it. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. Uh, dear listeners, if you want uh, if you want to learn about hypercard beforehand, listen to the descript or the yeah, descriptive podcast with uh, Ashley. Uh, Ag dubs, yeah. um, and you know stuff. But until then, have a great week. I'm Rockbot on Twitter. Join us on our Slack channel, which you can find on the show notes at reactive.audio. Yay! All right, I'm Henning at Glattergutz, uh, Glattergutz, not Glattergutz, Glattergutz uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, leave us a review. Hold, hold on, you said Henning at Galatagos. That's not did correct. I? Oh, jeez, man, I need sleep. I need some sleep. Galatagos <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, and uh, if you have some free minutes, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. The link to get there is in the show notes. Thank you. Happy New Year. 
And I'm Khalil Tweets on Twitter. And you can also tweet us, uh, tweet this podcast. This podcast also has a Twitter and it's called Reactive Pod. And that's it uh, for this week. Bye. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, What's going on? Okay. I should have my head fall on the microphone. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs>